What is going on, beautiful people? Welcome to another episode of The Narcissist Code. I'm your favorite self-aware narcissist, Mr. Lee Hammock, better known as Mental Illness across all social media platforms. This is your first time seeing my face or hearing my voice. I'm a clinically diagnosed narcissist, and I use my platform on social media to raise awareness for NPD, get more people into therapy like myself, and also validate the victims, survivors, and thrivers. Mm, thrivers of said disorder, said toxic people, said toxic traits. Today's episode is going to be about why do narcissists continue to try to hurt you or get back at you after a divorce or breakup or you go no contact with them or you cut access off to them and things of that nature. Before we hop into today's episode, y'all, you know the self-love journal is available on Amazon right now. I love me a self-love journal by Lee Hammock. Check it out on Amazon. The link is everywhere. Or you can search Lee Hammock self-love on Amazon um, to help rebuild and regain their self-love and things of that nature. But why do narcissists continue to try to uh, get you back after a breakup or divorce and things of that nature? One of the main reasons is because of pride and ego, y'all. Pride and ego come before the fall when you're dealing with a toxic narcissistic person let's just keep it real we're dealing with a toxic narcissist pride and ego both come and they like and they and it just gets in the way y'all if you break up with a narcissist or a toxic person or whatever they hate that like we hate that i hate that still i still hate that that dynamic we we if we are not the ones to discard you we it we just take it as a blow to our self-esteem to our ego telling us that we're not good enough, telling us that we'll never be good enough, telling us that nothing we do will ever be able to make ourselves happy and anybody else happy, telling us that everybody is going to leave us because we're not good enough, because we're low-value people and things of that nature. So when you break up with me or you discard me or you divorce me, uh, I got to get you back. That's just how it is. It sounds petty as hell, but they just have to get you back. They have to make you feel that pain, especially, especially if you have something that still connects to, connects them to you after a divorce, after a breakup, you know, after you try to go no contact. If you, if one of the main things, one of the main connecting forces is children, you know, one of the main things that connects people to toxic people, to, to narcissistic people after a relationship ends is kids. Let's just keep it real. Children keep like you have to contact them or be in contact with them because of children. You know, especially if you have a narcissistic person that just takes you back and forth to court or tries to enforce the order or is controlling you with money and something like that. You know, not only is the kids, you know, financial, you know, financial obligations and things of that nature as well. Houses, kids, cars, properties, whatever it is. But kids typically are the main thing that keep you together and allow that narcissistic person access to your life even if you try to cut them off they still try to find a way to kind of like slither into your life you know they're just like little sneaky snakes just slither into your life and won't leave you alone they'll keep they'll keep coming at you and keep coming at you and keep coming at you because they feel like you've hurt their feelings because you've broke my heart because you've done this to me i need to get you back because you you know because i can't stand the fact that this has happened i need to get you back you broke up with me now i'm obsessed because you hurt me now here comes the shame. Now here comes the intrusive thoughts of you moving on to someone else that is better than me. You know, literally, it happens all the time, y'all. You break up with them, they gotta come get you. They have to punish you. The ego, y'all. It just it's just so hard for narcissists to take accountability for the situations that we are in, the situations that we have put ourselves into. So instead of that taking accountability, we blame you. You know, 
We blame you. We put it onto you or we have to punish you for breaking up with us, for discarding us. No matter. Look out. And this is the crazy thing about it. No matter what we have done to you, it is it's irrelevant. I know people are going to say, well, how is it irrelevant? Like, that's not fair. Yeah. No matter what we have done to you, it is it, it is very irrelevant that whatever happened, like it doesn't matter. We could have cheated on you. We could have done you horribly. That narcissistic person could have put their hands on you. They could have lied to you. They could have been manipulating you from the very beginning of the relationship. They could have a whole secret family or whatever. It does not matter. What matters is their ego. What matters is their pride. What matters is trying to get away from shame. I'm telling you, shame is a great provocation with narcissists. And if you follow me for any any length of time, you understand I talk about shame on this channel all the time because shame is the, I call it, and that's why I've, I've named it, I personified it. I've called shame the shame monster. I've had to personify shame in order to deal with it, to make to make shame not be like this mythological monster that I have no control over. You know, I've had me personally in my own personal journey, I've had to, you know, personify. I've had to make shame real. And I have to make have I've had to turn shame turn shame into a person in order to get rid of this situation, in order to get rid of this hurt, into to get rid of this, you know, to be more vulnerable. And things of that nature. So that's what I've been doing. I've literally, 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 not figuratively, figuratively, literally had to attack shame like it's a person. And most narcissists are not willing to do that. Instead of attacking shame, they run from it. And when they run from shame, they run from accountability. And when they're not willing to face the shame, they're not willing to face, face accountability. Guess what they have to do? They have to put it onto somebody else. They have to project it onto somebody else. It cannot be my fault that you left me. It cannot be the fault that I was. It cannot be my fault that I was an alcoholic that treated you badly. I might not. Have, I might not have cheated on you, but I have drained your life resources. I have drained your life energy by being an alcoholic, being emotionally disconnected from you, just treating you like you don't matter for so many years. I've been talking talking down to you for so long that it cannot be my fault. It just absolutely cannot be my fault. It just can't be. So in that dynamic, in that mindset, in that space, that's how it has to go, y'all. You know, that's how it has to go. Like, I, me personally, I've had to face the shame. I have to stir shame down and battle it. Like, I, you know, I had to pull out my sword and fight shame. Like, here comes shame. Shame knocks at my door. I'm like, hold on, honey. Shame is here. Now I go pull out my little accountability sword. I'm like, and go fight shame. You know what I mean? I know that sounds uh <laughs> I know that sounds dramatic, but that's literally how I've had to do it, y'all. And I tell people I'm fighting shame. I'm fighting a lot of this stuff. I'm fighting back a lot of this stuff just so I can be more you know, I can be a better person. But most narcissists are not willing to do that. So they have to fight you. They have to take it out on you to make themselves feel better. They have to try to continuously put you down to make them feel make themselves feel better. After the rejection of a breakup, after the rejection of a divorce, after the rejection of a separation, after the rejection of you moving on to somebody else, after the rejection of you holding them accountable, after the rejection of all the other good stuff combined, y'all, they have to find an outlet and you are the outlet. You were, you might have used to, you might have used to live with them, which made it easier for them to take it out on you. But now that you don't live with them anymore, they have to use it. Sometimes, sometimes they have to use the children. They'll start spreading rumors to the kids. They'll start saying horrible things to the kids. They'll start doing things to the kids to make your life harder, y'all. And it's, it sounds horrible because it is. It sounds horrible because it is. I know people are just like, well, Lee, that sounds so bad. Yeah, it is. 
It is so bad. That's what I'm just telling you right now. It is so bad. You know what I mean? It is absolutely so bad that narcissistic people do this and they use the kids as leverage and they don't care how it affects the kids. The only thing they really care about is how it affects themselves, how, how it affects us getting rid of the shame. They don't care how it affects the children. I can if they don't care if they look, they, they'll look your kids right into their, right into their face and just like, look, hey, look, mommy broke the family up. So mommy's a horrible person. When you wonder why you grew up in a one house, in a one parent household without mommy and daddy, just remember your mom's a horrible lying cheater. And she did this to us, even if the narcissistic person is the one that did it. And yes, women can be narcissists. I just use the the male perspective, y'all, because I'm a man. You know, I just, yeah. Women can absolutely be narcissists. And y'all know I'm not on here just promoting the fact that only men are narcissists. That's not me. That's not my channel. That's not my goal. That's not my, you know, that's not what I aim to do. I know sometimes it may, it may, and I'm honestly, and I, I, honestly, I know that it seems that way sometimes, but it's not that way. You know what I mean? Honestly, I know if it, it might sound like, oh, Lee making some stuff up and Lee trying to hurt people's feelings, but that's not my goal. My goal is to literally bring awareness to people with narcissistic personality disorder and help people heal and move on and grow. You know, that's what I'm trying to help people do. Live better, more authentic lives. And I do talk to narcissists all the time on, you know, I do one-on-ones over Zoom. And I do talk to not only survivors and thrivers, I do talk to narcissists as well. You know, people who think they're narcissists, people who actually been clinically diagnosed with a personality disorder, not just narcissism, borderline, whatever. To tell them about my therapy journey, how I've gotten to the point where I'm at right now. But it's not a here nor there, y'all. That's why I'm just saying. Why do narcissists continue to come back, like, why they continue to try to hurt you and treat you badly after the breakup? Because they have to get you back. It's like you did me wrong, an eye for an eye type of stuff. It's like a misinterpretation of an eye for an eye. They think that you hurt me, I have to hurt you. They don't understand that you're just trying to hold them. They don't understand or they refuse to understand the fact that you're just trying to hold them accountable and you're just okay. You're choosing you. You're picking you. They treat it like you've been lying to them, especially if you've been married. You took your wedding vows and you promised to be through thick and thin until death do us part. Like you lied to me then. So you lied to me? So your vows were a lie? What happened to death do us part? You're not dead. You're walking around. You're living. You're thriving. And I hate it. You see what I'm saying? No, I say you have to surround yourself with people that are that are going to be willing to be there for you and to listen to you and thrive and help you thrive and not just survive, y'all. That's my perspective on it. I, I know a lot of people, you know, are in these types of relationship dynamics and you're trying to thrive and you're trying to live and things of that nature. But that's just how it goes when you're dealing with a toxic person, y'all. They don't want to see you thrive. They don't want to see you do well. They don't want to see you do better. Why would they? You know what I mean? I know you're just like, well, Lee, that hurt my feelings right there. Why would they? Because they love us, right? Because you're supposed to love your partner. Yeah, you're supposed to. But if you're dealing with a narcissistic person, they love themselves more. That's just, that's just how it goes. Even though it might seem like the narcissist hates themselves, they love themselves more than they typically love the people that they're dealing with, including their children. You know what I mean? This is how it goes, y'all. And that's not me trying to chastise anybody or make anybody feel bad about themselves or their relationship dynamic because you go into a relationship expecting love and care and things of that nature, but you don't really get it, you know? But anyways, y'all, thank y'all for tuning into another episode. I have some big, big projects coming up, y'all. If you haven't already, join the channel memberships. I'll, I'll be announcing the projects behind the scenes on my channel memberships, on my vlogs and things like that. I answer, I answer, you know, f questions. Y'all, go if you go to my my YouTube page, you'll see it says followers only videos. A lot of those are responses to you know follower to people who joined the. Um, who member only videos? A lot of those are responses to people who've joined the memberships or whatever. You can join at a different tiers, y'all. I'm just trying to help people out on a little more personal level if that's what you want. But anyways, y'all, like and subscribe for more. And as always, as always, Victor Hill, this is out. Peace.